the boat was in pieces stacked against the wall of my bedroom. So we would have visits from my parents and my older brother and my sister and the boat would just be under this sheet in my bedroom and kind of stacked <laughs> behind the door. So that was And a, some of it was behind the couch for a while too. Right, we had it <laughs> said some of it behind the couch, so it was kind of fun keeping it a secret while there was all these tools and sheets with wood underneath them. So they would come. But no one ever asked. No one ever asked. They just kind of assumed that the apartment's kind of a messy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Leonard. Welcome to Makers Radio. This episode actually doesn't involve me and Tyler at all. It's a story told in the words of a couple who undertook the mother of all DIY projects, building a boat in their apartment in the West Village, Manhattan. Noah, the guy in the couple, actually quit his job and pivoted his entire life direction in order to accomplish this project. Here's the story. Yeah, so I'll tell you the whole story. So, uh, people of the podcast may or may not know that at once upon a time, the most expensive, some of the most expensive real estate in New York City was not very savory place to live in Manhattan. Used to be like a free, like a multi-level freeway, right, or highway. Yeah, so there was the West Side. What's now known as the West Side Highway was a double-decker highway that eclipsed all sunlight and had lots of dust and it was like a it was like a major throughway through the western part of manhattan and in this neighborhood there was a lot of uh crime and prostitution notably uh transsexual prostitution so we're talking about like 70s and 80s this was not very wasn't a very savory place to live in the city so, a lot of violence towards the transsexual. There's a lot of violence. Uh, this area known as the meatpacking, that now ho- 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 like there's like tons of clubs there. It used to actually be meatpacking. <laughs> produce meat. There was like meat lock meat meat factories there. Because the High Line, that was the train that brought in the cattle, right? Right. Yeah. So we're talking about the area around the southern part of the High Line. So the train used to bring in the cattle, and that's what they did there, and kind of then developed into you know the yeah so this, then the story what happens is around this time uh people were using this area of the city to build affordable housing for low and middle income families so that's when they built where i currently live a place called the west village housing so this west village housing is where my roommate started his family and has lived for many years and, and he, he owns it and right? through the process of the building becoming a co-op he now owns the apartment the way i'm connected to my roommate is um through the new york school of tai chi my roommate was in this tai chi school and so are my parents so they've been they've, my parents have known my roommate for way before since i was born and so Greg offered me a place to live in his apartment for a very reasonable price. Yeah, so nowadays this this area known as West Village or Meatpacking, it's really high rent. It's very, very ritzy. It's it's very high-end part of the city. I could probably do a <clears throat> podcast in and of itself about, like, how that happened, like, the history behind it. Like, 
Philip Seymour Hoffman lived around the corner. Scarlett Johansson used to live in the same housing complex, right? Right. And then, like, Julianne Moore, Ralph Lauren, all those people. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel, I thought I saw Daniel Radcliffe today. I got really excited. I've been looking for him for a while. After a session of cutting for, like, a couple hours, everything would be cut, coated with sawdust, and we'd just kind of go around and vacuuming and, and sweeping, but it would never all fully go away. I think one of the funniest things is that in the beginning, Noah didn't think to, like, put any barrier up between the living room and the kitchen because it's there's an open, like, cutout there. <laughs> so there's probably a decent amount of sawdust that went in the kitchen the first couple times, and then you finally were like, wait a second. Yeah, we probably do we, something we, about this. So eventually we started putting up a plastic sheet in between where we were cutting and the place where we're eating food. <laughs> Preparing food and eating food. And so, yeah, we would set up in the living room of the apartment and just start cutting. And we got a lot of complaints from the neighbors at you first. Only one, right? Only one neighbor. We got one complaint from one neighbor, yeah. yeah. In the apartment. Yeah, and nobody likes that neighbor anymore. <laughs> What we had to do was glue the scarfed ends together to form the the side panels and the bottom panel of the boat so in order to do that we had to set up a, like a glue tent one of the before that you were considering like squatting in west beth or like doing it outside or there was a, moment, a lot of stress around yeah this. this was a highly stressful thing because <laughs> gluing epoxy has a uh, it outgasses toxic vapors and so if you inhale too much of these vapors um, it's, it can be highly carcinogenic it can give you some pretty serious brain damage and uh, give you really nasty headaches can even make you go blind <laughs> epoxy is resin and hardener it's so it's um, a resin like you would find in a tree almost like you know something like a really thick heavy sap and then like a chemical which hardens that to form like a like a solid polymer. So it's two parts and you mix them in different in a, in a particular ratio so it forms almost like this plastic like substance. And what you do with the epoxy is you mix it with um, flour wood flour or silica dust to to form uh, like a paste. And that's how you form, that's how you create like a really heavy duty glue, like glue, glue that will, will like withstand the elements and not degrade when exposed to salt water. <laughs> so yeah, so before, um, at this point, we still think we're going to build the whole thing in the apartment and we need to continue gluing using this toxic glue in a confined space and also in a place where people are Living. in a habitable space, so... <laughs> Um, so around this time when I was considering breaking into the, uh, into the basement of this artist co-op, I decided that it was more prudent to simply to go talk to the people who run the artist co-op to see if I could use the space rather than maybe a little background it would be, um, good here because the artist co-op, the 
you discovered the the basement that was totally empty. There's nothing in there because of Sandy. Yeah, it's it's basically a an entire city block that is was before Superstorm Sandy a really amazing sculpture studio, and then during uh, the storm it flooded up to um, up to about eight or nine feet. So everybody in there had to uh, everything goes trashed like really tragic people lost years and years of work there's all sorts of musician studios and there's a luthier down there like a guitar maker like woodworking shops for making fine furniture everything had to be cleared out because it was all destroyed so there's this entire city block that was completely empty under under this building in the west village so i was looking for asking friends out in brooklyn i was asking my neighbors if i could build it in the alleyway next to their their apartment I was gonna. I was gonna think about building it on the roof of my apartment building, but I'm glad I went. I went and just asked the uh, building manager of this place because he agreed. After some persuasion, after like several weeks of persuading him that I was responsible enough and diligent enough to uh, build a boat in their basement, so so they yeah, so they rented me a space in their artist co-op. my mantra from the start of the project was the secret is to begin so I didn't know how I was gonna I didn't know that I was gonna get a studio I didn't know how I was gonna get the wood I didn't know how I was gonna I had never built a boat before I didn't know how it was all gonna come together but I knew that if I started it would work out Yeah, so what you're looking at, uh, a picture from the 1930s of Westbeth. Westbeth uh, was formerly Edison Labs. That's Thomas Edison's uh, Thomas Edison's factory laboratory. Later become became Bell Labs. This is where some of the very first um, experiments involving industrial electricity were taking place. Uh, also. I believe some of the uh, researchers who worked on the Manhattan Project had offices here. Oh Back in the 70s, uh, this was gifted to uh, the city to create affordable housing for artists. So it's now inhabited by about a thousand families. And I was uh, fortunate to be able to rent a studio for one month in Westbeth. Yeah, at this point, we, we also had to kind of divide and conquer a little bit because we were also preparing to leave for over a month to go on a backpacking trip. So I wasn't able to help Noah as much as would have been ideal in this situation. So so I was working in the studio over 15 hours a day to finish the boat. We got a lot of visitors during this time, like random people would pop their head in to see the boat coming to shape. Got to meet a lot of people in the neighborhood. A lot of people thought it was an art piece. <laughs> they didn't actually think we were building a boat. Like, oh, is this an art piece? Like, not thinking that anyone would actually be building a boat in the city. All sorts of kids would drop in with suggestions on oh, how to make it better. So cute. I think one young gentleman offered to give me his designs for a hydrofoil to add to the bottom. <laughs> it's like a, a flying boat. It uses 
a lift too. Just check out hydrofoil boats. They're sweet. He was like, you know, I would do this and then I would change this and I would do it this way. It was yeah. really funny. Uh, more technical stuff. So like the, 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 so at this point, after we have all the pieces cut out, the main crux is glue. So we use this stuff called epoxy. If by mixing these two parts together, it, it forms this chemical reaction. The glue will actually get hot while you're mixing it. And then while it's still hot is when you apply it to the wood. After you coat the bottom panel and side panels with epoxy, uh, then the next step is to do what's called rabbit the edges. So that's R-A-B-B-E-T. So rabbiting, you use a tool called a router, which is, it looks like a drill, like a, a hand drill, but it's used for cutting laterally rather, rather than axially. So you would use this to cut material from, uh, from the wood to form like a groove along the edge. So I went back to the tool library. Fortunately, they had probably the nicest router that you can that you can ever buy, called a Festool. They make really high-end tools, and he, this guy, amazingly, is just letting people borrow it for free. And so I borrowed the router. I like strapped it to my backpack. I don't have a car, so I just kind of put the thing in my backpack and rode my bike home with it. And uh, using the the router, I was able to cut this very precise groove along the edges. So with the groove cut, then the pieces, the side panels of the boat will fit together, kind of like a, like puzzle pieces. So the construction technique is called lap stitch. Basically you have um, these grooved pieces that kind of slot together on the edges. And the way that you assemble them is using uh, copper wire. So you essentially stitch the boat together. And then once it's all stitched together, kind of like a big basket is when you add glue to the seams and that glue starts to help firm it up and make it into a watertight structural thing. It doesn't take a lot of skill. It takes less. It still takes skill, but it doesn't. As evidenced by the fact that three people or two people that have never built a boat before could. Right. And we, we also recruited at this point my 18-year-old um, former camper to help us do it. She was actually really good at it. She was better than we were. Yeah, so... <laughs> she had her nice little small fingers. So imagine we're basically sewing the panels of the boat together to form this giant kind of basket of copper wire and wood. I feel like this is the coolest... For me, this is the coolest part about, like, when we were building the boat because this is when... You, before this point, it was all just, like, random shapes. And then when we started doing this, it was like, oh, okay, now it looks like a boat. Like, we're actually building a boat. So yeah. it was when it all started to come together. It was pretty exciting. It was really sweet. Like, when it turned into, like, this two-dimensional thing and became three-dimensional mm -hmm. and started to look like a boat. To, to remove the copper wires, if they didn't come out easily on their own, you could just, like, take a lighter and heat them so that when they got warm, they'd be more, be more pliable and you could just pull them out. Yeah, right? so, so, so the wire that you had used to stitch the two panels together would get glued into place. So you, you couldn't just pull it out by hand. So what you could do though, was you would apply a lighter to one end of the wire and it would melt the glue. So then you could just take some pliers and just pull it right out.
sanding, we're applying um, marine grade plain to the exterior and varnish to the interior for UV protection for the wood. The last step was to transport the boat while it was still wet and the paint was still drying to put it on top of a rental car and drive it to Salem, Massachusetts was a whole other ordeal. And, uh, but we were successful. We used an inflatable roof rack to put it on top of a, a sedan, a 12 foot boat on top of a sedan. And we drove it to Salem and dropped it off. I think something else interesting too, is like when we were building, we were, when we were close to coming to completion on the project, and I asked Noah, I was like, Noah, does like any part of you like not want to give this to Jason? Like this is like your baby now. Like you spent so much time building this. And he was like, No, like I don't want to keep this at all. Like this is Jason's boat. This is for him. And part of me was seeing like this is like such like a it was such a huge undertaking and a huge project and like really encompassed like our lives for so long. I saw like maybe there'd be some hesitation there, but it was always it was always for Jason. So I have three siblings, Leaf, Jason, Ariel, and my name is Noah. My parents decided that they would have a theme when they named us, and that theme was aquatic sea mythical heroes. So Leaf Erickson. Not, Leaf was real, dude. Leaf was real, right? So I guess not mythical, but, <laughs> you know, heroic. heroic. Water heroes. Water heroes. Jason and the Argonauts, Noah and the Ark, Leif Erickson, Ariel the Mermaid. So we owned a couple of boats when I was young and growing up on Cape Cod. I think that he he's always talked about wanting to build boats just because of like, you know, your background sailing and how much you love being on the water and boats in general. And then also around that time he was also trying to think of what to do for his brother for his wedding. And do you something that um people that are close to Noah know is that he doesn't like giving buying gifts for people or the idea of gift giving unless it's something that they would really like want or, or something he knows that they'll like really appreciate and use and need and he mentioned I really want to like make I want to make Jason something and so I was like why don't you make him a boat like you want to make a boat and you want to make your brother something so there you go because I'd been I'd been kind of complaining about my former job and how I didn't wasn't using the skills that I value most, which are like kind of hands-on and, and I was attracted to engineering originally because I thought I would get to do a lot of learn a lot of new hands-on skills. And I realized engineering was pretty abstract, the like a lot, very conceptual. It was a good opportunity to me. It was like a good opportunity to kind of get back into that domain because the domain of, you know, woodworking and, and construction I really believe in like people need to be well balanced and well rounded and if you focus too much on one domain in your life others suffer as a result of it so to me it was very kind of cathartic having left a job where I was working in front of a computer all day to uh, do something so much physical and to sort of refocus my energy you know living very kind of independently and free and yeah You have been listening to Makers Radio. Special thanks to Noah Walcott and Rachel Gritt, the people who built a boat in their apartment. Also thanks to Modern Wonder for providing the music. 
You can find more Modern Wonder on SoundCloud.